And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on? You know, I'm not really sure what's going on. We've got a guest today and we've decided to make this the improv episode, kind of, right? What's up, guys? Hi, Andrew. It's not improv. I'm ready. So, so that's Andrew Morgans, the founder of Marknology, who has told us today we will not talk about Amazon and we will instead... I want to talk about uh, the things that you and Matt, Matt, Matt had to grow in personally before you could then grow in, in business. Um, like, like personal things that really like you had to focus on to improve before then you could take that into your business and grow. And he told me that before we started recording, I was like, this could be like a 12 part episode. Yeah. I don't know. Like there's a lot of things. I mean, well, if you talk about like personal growth, well, you know, I'm a big proponent of the whole personal, professional and physical thing and the connectivity between all of them. Yeah. Um, I think honestly, the very first thing I had to do was actually learn how to spend more time and attention on my personal life in general. I have a tendency to work and not stop, which causes problems. Like pri prioritize your personal life. Yeah. Yeah. Or like even have it, you know, and if, uh, you know, like my whole theory is, you know, you can only, uh, dedicate a hundred percent of your own effort to your personal, professional or physical life. And if you take one of those categories and you're really heavy on one of them, the other two begin to suffer. And yes. the longer you draw that out, the more pronounced those things are. So, um, can you tell us a story maybe of like, you know, at least maybe something that comes to mind where yeah. you like had to adjust? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I think that, well, first off, we were discussing um, being divorced. I'm divorced. Same. Um, and, you know, that um, is, I think, pretty common for entrepreneurs and business owners because it's stressful. And uh, and for me, this is, well, you know, I, I'm actually, I'll kind of back up a little bit. You want a specific thing. Um, so I'm a passionate person. And I feel very strongly about a lot of stuff, which can kind of lead to getting hot under the collar. Um, and 10 years ago, it was easy for me to light my fuse and I'd be really pissed. Like, so I could drag something from my personal life into professional or vice versa. Right. And I had to learn how to draw a line between that. Um, it's kind of like people talk about like leaving it at the office or something like that. Um, Cause you know, if you're upset about something, it's going to affect all the other things. You can't have like a blowout at work with an employee or someone and then go home and be honey, I'm home. Let's be happy. So learning how to put a cork in that was probably a big one. Same time. You got to have good personal life too. Cause you can't walk into the office. Same way. It goes both ways there too. Way. Yeah. Like if you have a, and so, you know, going through, um, when I was going through a divorce and that was a long time ago, I mean, this is like 12 years ago, but my dad told me, he's like, you should just try to find the simplest way to end this. Cause if you drag this out for months, it's going to have a pretty shitty effect on everything else you're doing. Um, so, and then, you know, I think also as well, like just the physical part, you know, like I've allowed myself to gain weight in the past. Like I lost a lot of weight last year. So that will just kind of slow you down and just slows right. down your energy and stuff like that. So it's, it's weird to think that exercise, you know, where you want energy to do it, you won't have any energy if you don't do it. 
Yeah. Well, if you're anything like me, um, I would say that, you know, just transparently fitness has been at the bottom of my priority list the last few months, you know, business is just growing. And when I'm sitting at the house, it didn't used to be the case. Like, you know, gym was just always a priority, uh, getting in there, doing something active. And the last few months it's been like, I just have to get this work done, you know, like the time to go to the gym. By the time I do XXX, I'm like, it's just not worth it. My head's not even there. I'm just going to work, at least do one thing right. And, um, you know, the last few days, I think it's been like a week, you know, uh, I've been five out of the last seven days just trying to recreate habits because I feel like I reprioritize it so many times in a row that it just like became non-existent. Well, uh, three days turns into five, turns Goodness. into seven. Next thing you know, it's like months and you haven't gone. I definitely think I mentioned a second ago about your personal problems and how they bleed into your uh, professional, right? Yeah. And so maybe four or five months ago, for example, I went to Cebu and um, something weird happened. On the way there, I didn't work at all on the plane. And we're talking about a 28-hour trip. I used to always work all on the plane, like always on my laptop, always working, right? But it's because I, I had some personal things going on. I didn't work at all. Didn't even open my computer. Didn't turn it on. And it's because my head was so full of other crap that I didn't feel like working. It was totally unmotivated to do anything work-related. Finally, your personal prioritize itself over your work. Yeah. I mean. Force itself. Because that balance has to force itself back at some point. Yeah. You know, I, it's, I like, had, it's like inevitable. It's like an example that y you can give too is like, if all you do is if you spend 90% of your time working and you don't do anything else other than that, then, you know, don't be surprised if your relationships end or your kids grow up and then you're like, oh, wow, you got big in a hurry. Because, you know, you're just, you, you, that's all you focus on. Um, and it's hard. And then when those things have a backlash, it's hard, like you said, it's really hard to focus on what you, what else, anything else you're trying to do. And I, I, I would say it's probably very difficult to be a successful entrepreneur if you are also uh, single and dating. Yeah. Because if all you do is spend all your time worrying about dating and finding somebody else and like that's your mind is always on that part of it. That's like a huge distraction. You spend all of your energy on Tinder or whatever you're doing, right? Like instead of working, mm -hmm. like I think people who are more successful are going to be the ones who are in a relationship that have that anchor, uh, to support them. Is and it because we've all just given up? And uh, are in a are in a relationship, <laughs> or they're single and just don't care. Yeah. Either way. Well, I think also with being single too, like you're gonna, you know, that can be a distraction because you, you know, you're gonna go, maybe go out and do things. Right. More like, I mean, I'm married to two kids, man. Like, my big night was coming over to your house last night, and I was gone by ten. Yeah. You know, but if you're single, that might be when you meet someone. Yeah. You're you know, out till like, two hey, in the morning. Meet, meet me at nine thirty yeah. tonight, and you're like, I mean, I'm in bed on some days like that and yeah i would say i would say in that regard as someone that's been single like i was divorced in 2013 and and haven't been in anything crazy serious since then and um you know for me sometimes though like it takes in that dating world like it's it takes somebody good to it takes something better than work to distract me 
nowadays right like like that like it takes something better than work like has to be someone i really want to hang out with or a show with friends i really like shows shows really distract me from my work i'm not thinking about work when i'm at a good show inviting you to concerts no i'm like you know i'm pointing out like something i do with you often you know is is we go to shows or like those things actually take my mind off work yeah and there's very few things there's several people that i think are worth whether it's they make me laugh or they make me be in the moment or they make me, you know, whatever. When I'm with them, I'm not thinking about work. And I think that's something I've been more aware about is what are those things in my personal life, so to speak. I'm more, I think work and personal life is hard line. But, like, what are those things that um, allow me to be healthier when I am turning work off? You know, you just mentioned something that was better than work. Matt, you actually dropped some profound wisdom on Facebook the other night with your five and five. Yeah, I like I, that. I, I said that out loud to Jill and she actually modified it. She's about, how about five, how about five minutes and five days? Yeah. So what, yeah. so what that said, was like a uh, little graphic meme or it said something about if, uh, if something's not going to matter in five years, don't spend more than five minutes being upset about it. And it's true. It's true, you know, and and so you know, we were talking about that relationship between personal and professional and all that, and you know, uh, so much of that that friction that gets caused is by our inability to communicate with other people effectively. Yeah, to not necessarily get how other people do it. You know, like for example, I'm a high type A person. We all know that, right? And that can drive some people nuts. I have to be aware of that because. If I'm constantly doing that, that's abrasive to other personality types and it eventually will lead to friction, which leads to frustration, which leads to distraction, which, you know, anytime you're just sitting there and you're, you've got that kind of repetitive, I don't know if you get, you get that repetitive, you're like, God, why is this bothering me? I don't know, but it is, you know, it's like, how do you let it go? Um, For me, I think it's just also about resolving it. Like you talked about being on the plane, you had all the things that were calling, you know, like the situations or whatever, Mm -hmm. but you worked on resolving them. Well, I mean, they weren't necessarily going to be resolved right there on the plane, but, but addressing them in my opinion is the best way to kind of move forward and grow from it or get it out of the way. Like, um, Andrew, you're one of those people that I've had conversations with at two in the morning on like a Wednesday, because we just both were up and that's because we were resolving whatever was spinning around in our mind at that time because i wasn't going to sleep until i did it are you the same way yeah yeah and i would say that um as my personal life has gotten better honestly like through the years um and i know you guys can um attest to this as well but like uh my personal life has gotten better as my friend group is more in line with what i'm trying to do as a business owner and entrepreneur so then I, whenever I'm hanging out with my personal group or my off time, like I also enjoy because we can double dip and sometimes yeah, it's your support yeah. group. Yeah. And, uh, so the, the business then goes into personal and that's okay. Cause that's what I'm passionate about, right. you know? Well, that's probably why Matt and I were friends right away. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted met. to bring just that like, up. I wanted to bring that able, up. Just being able to, there, there on some level, um, there was, you know, the ability to relate. And, you know, like you said, double dip. And then another thing, like, look at our, at our, at full scales, uh, sweet and greet, uh, concept, like mm-hmm. that's a double dip, like hundred percent. We, and we do a lot of stuff. So for those of you that aren't, don't know what I'm talking about, full scale, the company that Matt and I own together, full scale.io, if you want to check it out, well, we got suites at the local concert sports and 
whatever venues. And we actually do business networking meetings there where we invite local investors, entrepreneurs, influencers, people, you know, clients, just whomever to come out. Like uh, we went to uh, Kansas City Royals baseball game last Saturday. We're doing another one tomorrow. Going to see new kids on the block next week, baby. Whoop, whoop. Yep. So, but with that, that lets us have some fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like my, my wife and my kids were at the game with us on Saturday night and I hung out with them a lot. And I also saw some people that we might or might already do business with or might want to do business with. And they're there. They're having fun. They're with a guest. Uh, Maybe they bring their kids or something like that. And I'm finding that that's a really fun and productive. Are are you, Matt? Yeah, no, it's fun. Yeah. Like you still get to talk to people and you only need a few minutes. And meet interesting people. Yeah, right. Talk about your support group Andrew. people that we haven't even met or like andrew you've been to a couple of these things um you've, you've been to the sprint center haven't you yeah i love it yeah so you just like it's just about meeting different people and, and you know i think our guests really enjoy it i mean i've heard people saying things there they're like this is the greatest network this is the best networking in kansas city yeah it seems like we've created some connections already that have helped Time. some people so well, that, that aren't us too like yeah. they're helping each other yeah not helping us helping them. i've definitely met a lot of people at some of the events that i would have never met otherwise sure and you know and the thing is is like our our idea with that was well for you talk about personal and professional i looked at that right away and i was like oh cool this is something i could do that my, where my wife could also come with me and be and be like add value, you know, yeah. not in a, not in a weird way, but just no. Like, she does add value. Yeah, like she's, she talks to a lot of the other people yeah. that are there, and she's made friends that are sometimes you know people that we've invited, or sometimes the spouses of, or girlfriends of people we've invited, and you know we've had nights where we go out and we don't drink at all, and we've had some nights where we've regretted the night before. Disney on ice. Uh, yeah, Disney. We got crazy at Disney on Ice at the at the, at the, at the eleven a.m. show. We were wasted. No, <laughs> they do serve beer at that though. Nice, um, but no, there was, uh, and that's been the thing too. Is um, you know, and on some of those sweet and greet events, we've just been like, well, okay. Yesterday, I just gave away. We just gave away like eighteen tickets to tomorrow's Royals game in our suite, and like they went. It took eight minutes. I sent out the booking link and it was gone in eight minutes. That shows you like how excited people are about, I mean, sure, maybe they like a free ticket to do something, but they like, they love on Saturday at one point, I looked around the suite and there was 26 people there. They were all talking to each other and no one was even watching the game. Yeah. Cause it's the Royals. Well, yeah, but who cares? But you know what? It's <laughs> what, what I really like is that honestly, entrepreneurship, while there's a community around it, it's, it can be a, a very much a solo thing. It is. Right. And well, so this is like one thing um, that I can think of that pulls those kind of solo people, you know, in, into one room without necessarily business being the focal point. I, it, it, right. And I tell people too that, you know, like, they'll sometimes ask me, they're like, do I need to bring anything? I'm like, yeah, a smile. That's how you get entrepreneurs to do something in their personal life, you know, like is like we're like in the back of our mind. We're like, okay, but I'm around other entrepreneurs or other founders. Well, I think you made a good, a good point. You talk about understand, or you made a point about your evolution has been somewhat centric around being around the right people. Yes. And you know what the, I think it's even helpful too. like when you're around, like, all right, so I'm married and when I'm around other folks like me, they're married, like our wives will 
share they're like oh well you know how they are right just like you know if they're gonna if they want to go work they're gonna go work and there's there's a little bit of mutual like understanding for everyone involved there and but yeah I, it, man you all right you want to talk about things you've grown up dude i don't even know if i had any real friends for a few years of my entrepreneurship story like yeah. early in the ticket days like i had a lot of friends but i kind of just I dove so deep into business that I wasn't hanging out with any of them. And then there was a couple years stretch. I was like, man, when's the last time I even did anything? I have a funny story for you guys. Tell us. Okay. And then we're going to play next day. All right. I don't think this has been on the, on the air anywhere, but, uh, so whenever I was first becoming an entrepreneur, didn't even know what that word was, whatever I was on Upwork and I was getting all this work off of Upwork on the weekends for Amazon work. This maybe six, seven years ago. And I've told you guys, I got like top 10 in the world on that site. And that's where all the business started coming in. And I was just like spending a lot of nights when I wasn't at my nine to five at home in the bedroom, you know, trying to make money. And uh, I was just like thinking I was getting obsessed with business. It became like a game to me. I was just like, oh my gosh, like everything I need to know. And I come from like uh, a missionary family, like fourth generation PK. So like, honestly, in my mind, business wasn't any part of our circle of friends, our sphere of friends. Uh, my dad taught me how to be an entrepreneur, which I discovered later, but really I just thought, you know, he's a preacher. And uh, so I was like, okay, I need to like assess my friends and like broaden my circle and try like, who do I know that like is in business or passionate about business? And I knew no one. And I knew, I thought, oh my goodness, there's this girl I knew from church back in the day that's like downtown doing a, a t-shirt business. It's called Square Bear. And her name is Ashley Brown, if she's ever listening to this. And uh, I was like, I'm going to go to one of her pop-up events. And I'm just going to like show up and be like, this is so crazy. But I'm going like, to show up and be like, hey, I'm here. Like, I really just want to come and hang out and like ask you some questions about your business. And once you're once you're good at this networking stuff, it's just like clockwork to say that kind of stuff. But at the beginning, uh, none of my friends would go downtown. I sign up for this event. I don't tell her I'm going because I just wanted to show up. I go down there. It's it's near the 18th and Vine District in Kansas City. And I say that with a laugh because of what's coming next. But I walk into the booth. I pay $10 to be at this event. The music's bumping. I'm like, this is going to be great. I walk around the corner. I'm being so brave, honestly, in my mind. I walk around the corner and this lady comes up to me, which isn't Ashley Brown. And she's like, hi, like, how can I help you? I'm like, I'm here for Ashley Brown. She's, uh, you know, the founder of Square Bear. This is her event. And she's like, well, I don't know an Ashley Brown, but I can sign you up for the speed dating. And I'm look, I look around the room and I'm like, what is going on? Like, I just paid $10 to be in here. And I'm the only white guy in the room of several hundred people that are all sitting at tables speed dating. And uh, I'm just like, like hyperventilating a little bit, you know, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm getting a lot of eyes in the room. Just like, is this dude like this brave? <laughs> And I just go to the bar because I have pride, right? Like I spent, I paid $10 to be in here. I can be in here. I go to the bar. I'm like, surely Ashley Brown's like in here somewhere. Like she'll vouch for me, you know, and I get on Facebook. I didn't have her number because I was surprising her. I messaged her and she's like, oh, Andrew, like you got the wrong day. It's tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> So, of course, I stayed for two more drinks. And I swear to God, it's a real story. That was the first time I took a leap to try to, like, get different friends. 
you know, like change my circle a little bit and get around some business minded people. Did you get any dates? I, I literally shut down everybody that talked to me because I just wanted to leave there in one piece. And I was just like, honestly, I was pretty scared. Um, <laughs> but the music funny. was really good. So. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I, I think that's that's kind of why, how I wanted to bring up you guys meeting. And one of the things I've thought about that I had to change in my personal life that really, really helped me um, was my circle of friends. And I know it's cliche to say, like, change your, your circle of five. Like, but like that can be your wife. Right. Like but she's a huge part of your five. Uh, it can be like all of those relationships around you impact you. And for the longest time, it was in my mind, I was like, I'm lo I'm a logical mind. I enjoy being around free spirited people because they bring that out in me. And like it allows me to enjoy myself more. And so I like to be around free spirited people. I feed off of that and I, I'm, I'm more go with the flow. But honestly, like as soon as I changed that from my mind, it was just like I want to be around people that that, um, you know, inspire me or that bring out the best in me, whatever that might be. And I started hanging around other business minded people instead of just those free spirits. I really started seeing my business grow. They, um, they say you're only going to rise to the altitude that your friends exist at. The yeah. people that you spent. And there's a lot to do that. I think that there's a lot to be said about that. Um, you know, I, I make, I go out of my way to remove negative people from my life. Me too. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm and getting it, pretty good at it now. It's, it's hard sometimes because sometimes they're your family. Yeah. Um, and you know, sometimes they're people that aren't so easily backed away from. Um, I think that that's something in my life that made a big difference. Like, cause just shedding that negativity, um, talking about, uh, personal to professional again, um, 15 years ago, I probably would have been for lack of a better term, but hurt if someone didn't like me a whole lot. And I think once I just realized like, dude, some people are haters. Like they just are like, they're not going to like you no matter what they don't like themselves is the real problem. It's not necessarily that they don't like you. So, right. you know, kind of accepting that. Um, and you know, you have to be who you are within the context of like a feasible reality. Like, they're not rejecting you. Well, if you're an asshole in reality, then that's not a good way to accept yourself for being you. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I always say perception is reality. So if someone else thinks you're an asshole, at least in their reality, you are. Right. So somewhere, somehow, you're an asshole. Now, should you let that bother you? It really just depends. But I mean, it bothers me when it, it would bother me if someone that I admired or someone that I looked up to right, or someone right. who I felt like I really needed to do right by thought I was a dick. Then I, then that would, I would let that bother me, but. And that's a sign of being a good person. <laughs> sure. Right. Well, I agree, but I agree. And that's another thing too. Like I try to put myself around people that have character as well. Like I, I'll give you an example, like Matt and I as business partners, we can disagree with some, about something and maybe even be shitty about it. And an hour later, we're fine. We're not like holding. Would you agree? Like, yeah, not... I think both of us were of that mindset of like, what is the problem? Let's solve the problem and move on. Yeah. And sometimes shit gets said in those moments. And then, but it's time to get back to work. Like you, if you live your life looking in the rearview mirror, you never see what's about to happen to you. So anyway, on that note, Andrew, and you haven't been around for this. So, you know, recently we've invested in mixtape the game we're yeah. gonna help them build a digital product and while we uh while we work on building that app we have been playing our way through this card game so it's pretty this, fun tell me how to play 
Okay, so mixtape is a party game, and you pull cards, and I've got a scenario here, and you have to name the song oh, that would go with the scenario, and I've got a couple pretty funny ones that I drew out of the deck here. I'm not sure how Watson's going to answer this first question, so he's going to have to make believe, but what is the best song or album to listen to while smoking marijuana? Ooh. I'm going with 40 Ounces of Freedom by Sublime. If I have to go, that's also one of the five albums that I would be cool with being trapped on an island with. So I think that would be a good one. Um, you got one, Andrew? Some people are not going to love me for this one, but I would just go with uh, the 1975. I recently was in Colombia and saw them live. Interesting. And uh, I mean, that's recent, so I'm not Which going. Which are their albums? Uh, they they played all of them. Sorry, they played all of them at the show. Uh, but they have a new one out that was pretty amazing. It has visuals with it that go okay. with with the music. Okay. Uh, best perf- I've seen them five times. Best performance I'd ever seen. Interesting. Uh, and that might have been present at the show as well. I'm thinking some Beatles music. Okay. I'm gonna be rocking to some Beatles music while I'm high. <laughs> it will definitely be good vibes. You're yeah. guaranteed good vibes. <laughs> That's. Okay, so now theoretically, we would have to vote on who would win, and I would vote for Matt. For the Beatles. You can't yeah, beat I'd the Beatles. I'd go for the Beatles. Like, yeah. Whoop, whoop, whoop. yeah, so you might as well. I don't know. You Plus, it would for... also be his first. If True. I'm, and so yeah. it probably would be his best. See, yeah, there you it's go. guaranteed. So you, are you voting for Matt? I'm also voting. All right, so, I'm a winner. Congratulations, Woo! Matt. You finally won something on, on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, and since we don't like to just do things once, but maybe twice, the next one would be the best song to listen to hanging drywall while building the new McDonald's. Oh, my God. Probably Buck, <laughs> Buck Cherry, right? Like... Buck Cherry. <laughs> Crazy Bitch? Is that yeah. the song you're thinking of? That's, that's, what, I, that's what I think they're happening. So why, why does that bring up drywall? Wow. 989 um, is just a station that's played whenever you're like whenever you're doing manual labor. Yes. I thought it was classic rock music. Oh my god. My, for me it's 989. I'm going with taking care of business. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Here's a good one. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I like that. I I I have this vision of some like really old shitty cassette tape machine <laughs> with that, Nick, that's like, like covered with white dust and listening yes. to classic rock music. To, you know, but I you can't this. just say classic rock. You can't pick a whole entire genre. Okay, let's go now. with Leonard Skinner or um, I don't know. You're gonna Pink listen Floyd. Like, you're gonna listen to like Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. Okay. This Pink is a, this is a little off topic, but like in re, in relation to this, I I grew up in Africa. Okay, and I was in Congo from you know 12 to 16 years old. It was a war zone craziness. We had a Mitsubishi Montero that was like heaven on wheels theoretically and uh we one time we were like these kids these vendor kids came up to the window like they always do it every every stop and they're like banging on the window and uh they sold us a mariah carey tape and this thing played tapes and uh we had one tape for four years that we played nonstop because it was the only tape we had there's no radio there and it was the mariah carey tape so uh Mariah Carey often comes to mind in all of these situations nice. because I didn't grow up with all of that radio. Nice. Yeah. So if, if we go back to um, where we started on this conversation, we're talking about kind of personal development yeah. and how it impacts our career. I think for me, one of the biggest things has been learning um, to work smarter instead of harder. 
Yeah. I think I earlier that, in my yeah. career, it was all about brute force of just number of hours yep. worked. Like I didn't know anything about anything. I knew how to write code and I would just write code. Yeah. And then as I advanced through my entrepreneurial journey, I just know so much about so many different things. And the only way that you learn that is by going through the journey. I mean, if you went back 15 years ago, I'd have told you how much I hated accounting. I mean, it was uh, we just had this conversation. One of the few night. classes yeah. in college I didn't get an A in was actually in accounting because I just hated it. I love math. Like I'm a math genius. Accounting is not math. And but anyways, now you know over all these years, a whole bunch of times looked at P and Ls and been in QuickBooks and all I these don't different mind, things. I don't mind that part of accounting. It's the act of getting to those reports. But so it drives me crazy. So much of being an entrepreneur is all those things you learn along the journey, right? And then, so now we talk about networking. I meet with other entrepreneurs and they, they're trying to figure out how to raise capital and do this and do that. And now to me, it's just, um, I don't have to think about like, well, you need to have this prepared and this prepared and your balance sheet, your P&L, yeah. this, that, like all these different things. There's no big deal. Not even something I think about. It just doesn't take any brain power to think about like what you need to do. But it's just working smarter. Right. Like it's just things let's take you've that experienced. Another, let's I think take that's that out. I want to take that out another level though. Cause you talk about working smarter. I think first off, like, cause everyone says work smarter, not harder. Well, what the fuck does that mean? You know, like, and, and that's what I think we should attempt to help people understand a little bit. Cause for me, working smarter, not harder means first off prioritizing. There's things that I have to do that are more important than others. There's things that I have to do that are due before others yeah. like deadline style. So you have, that's that balance. And like, when I say prioritize, you got to do what the, you have to take on the activity. First off, try to eliminate as many low value activities in your life as possible. Right. Like Matt was talking earlier about that, you know, is it difficult to be single and be an entrepreneur? Sure. Cause there's a lot of low value shit floating around. You maybe you're messing around with a dating app or you're, doing something, you know, and like low value activities. And I actually define this in balance me or things like playing video games, watching TV, commuting. Okay. Like if you're listening to this podcast in your car right now on your way to and from work, thank you. And thank yourself too, because you're actually now raising the value, or at least I'd like to think you are because you're attempting to learn something or, or do something while you're driving. You don't like driving's just robotic. You know, and it's uh, driving now has value to you. It, it does. If And, you know, when I was in my late 20s, I, I was huge into books on tape. You know, that was before everything was streaming and whatever. Um, and, you know, books on tape, um, I just listened to them over and over and over and over on the drive. So, you know, you're going to drive 30 minutes a day maybe more or an hour a day. Think about that. An hour, if you commute an hour a day, you have 200 some work days. Dude, that's over. That's like five weeks of full-time work. Like what can you learn in that period? So some of the things I do, I try to bundle them up. Like I will, there are certain phone calls. I've easily called both of you guys at some point from my car. Mm -hmm. Cause that's a good time for me to bundle that up. When I'm here at the office, I need to be working with people or with clients or doing other things. Um, other things you mentioned, uh, I try to find things I can take care of, um, while exercising. So try to get, I bundle those up. So um, Breland, who's our podcast producer and also our sales and marketing assistant, 
Um, some, uh, there's sometimes when I work at home, she comes and assists there. And one of the things that as, as odd as this sounds like she'll actually, I have a, gym, a nice gym at my home and I'll exercise, but that'll allow me to, uh, Daryl's done it. Uh, a bunch of people have done it. Cause if you have an hour's worth of questions for me, hit me while I'm in the gym, let's get, let's get a two for one here. Yeah. Um, and double I, dipping. I even call people back while I'm walking on the treadmill and not necessarily running, but I mean, just different things like that. And there's a lot of tech and, you know, you can answer text messages and emails through voice stuff. And just like, I don't know, different things. Like if you have to read something, like, I don't know, whatever it is, you can do that while you're on a treadmill. Yeah. One of the things you kind of touched on there, um, that I think is one of the most important things about being an entrepreneur is learning how to learn. Yeah. Right. Like True. reading books, oh, yeah. finding mentors. I thought you didn't read books. I don't. Weirdly enough, I don't. I hate books. I probably read three business books in the last 15 years or something. And I don't like reading Were books. all three of them million dollar bedroom? No. By Matt DeCourcy. I only read half of that on one. Amazon. The, but you know, every time I do read a business book, I learn something from it, but I just personally don't like to read. It's just not a thing I enjoy doing. Well, that's why, po that's why podcasts are so popular now. Cause I mentioned like books on tape Well, a podcast is just an, kind of an extension of that. Yeah. And you know, that's, those are things that, you know, you can do that. I mean, they said 25% of people in the country are listening to a podcast. I think you guys are spitting absolute fire, honestly, from working smarter, not harder. Okay. And then reprioritizing like on a daily basis, at least the level I'm at, um, reprioritizing and being able to make a decision is like huge. And if you're insecure and don't trust your gut as a person, like in your personal life, self-development, and you don't trust yourself, how are you going to trust yourself to make that decision that you need to make? Right. And, and so whenever you can make decisions and trust yourself to make the right decision or make the best educated decision you can, it allows you to reprioritize on the go and being able to reprioritize on the go and pivot is huge. It's well, huge. I well, think, go ahead. I said a couple of things there. I, I think um, learning to delegate is another yeah. big one. Yep. And echoing what you just said, one of the things I've always struggled with is actually call is following my gut instincts. I feel like my gut instincts are almost always right 90% of the time. Dude, that's something and that not following my gut instinct sometimes hurts that, me. That's come with for me, like the older I get, the more I've learned to trust my gut. Yeah. And it's so true. And now look, you can you I really think you're right though. It's like you look back at it, when was your gut wrong? It's almost always right. Yeah. Cuz and it's not always just like yelling you know, out, it's not, but it's usually on important things. And I look back at some, certain things. I'm like, wow, you know, I knew, I knew I shouldn't have been doing that. So I just got to learn to, well, learn by being burned. Maybe. Um, I got one more thing for you guys, a question, uh, practical. Um, I have some young entrepreneurs, uh, around me and, um, something I'm trying to help them with just some simple stuff, uh, you know, after hours with them is organization techniques. And, you know, as a creative, like, I mean, I wouldn't ever say I was a creative, like I was building computers as a kid. I'm only 32, but like my dad had me putting computers together, you know, at scratch when the computers first came out, stuff like that. I've always been techie. I've always been good with computers, um, but I'm also outside the box thinker. And I'm like, you know, I was in a band, wrote music, thought I was like, you know, more of a creative person outside the box thinker than I was a straight logical person. And I've reassessed that. Um, 
But for me, one of the biggest things was when my business really started bumping, I really started taking on a lot of new things. You know, I'd always been a bartender, always been good at everything, right? So you like don't like accounting. I don't, I like at the beginning hated things I wasn't good at. Like I want to do, I'm amazing at some things. Let me do those things, right? And and so then like- That's probably the things you should be doing. Exactly. And now that you're, now that I'm older, it's like, okay, the networking stuff, uh, you know, speaking or the accounting, I need to know, like the accounting is the the heartbeat of my business. Like how can I not know that? Um, What you need to know is how to find a decent accountant. Yes. And I mean, that was honestly the first, one of the first people I hired, but to bring it home, like what I'd love to hear from both of you guys is like, you know, when was that, were you always organized? Were you always like extremely organized and then it just fit right into business or did, did you have to develop, you know, some organization or how do you stay organized today? I don't, I don't, I'm not very organized. I'm not organized at all. You know, one of my favorite things to do is, (laughs) this is funny. Every time I, I go to Cebu, and I'm gone from, you know, my office here for eight to 10 days. I come back and our uh, administrative assistant has cleaned my office and my desk. I come back and it's all like an order. It's the only time it ever gets cleaned. So thank you, Christina. Yeah, well. <laughs> I'm not in very organized. How do you not forget things? How do you not, I uh, I, I like, do, how do you I do not miss appointments? Or... I do keep a to-do list and we use Gigabook for our appointments so tools for the podcast um we're not we're not always good at it i have some notes yeah. I, I always have like a, a notepad or you know not, uh, digitally that i just write down some notes of like things i need to do but honestly i don't necessarily even like wake up every morning and look at that i look even so in the so, early days even in the early days no so i I, yeah, I've always been a to-do list guy. I, sometimes I get away from it. So I have a couple different things. I have like a binder, like an actual hardcover, like journal. Um, it's big. It's like the size of a full sheet of paper. And I carry that around in my, in my backpack with me. And that's more for things like when we do high level stuff, like at the beginning of the year, I wrote down a bunch of goals and a bunch of things, you know, things Mm -hmm. we need to do, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I revisit that to at times because i can't keep it all up in my head um i do have a to-do list i use an app called things and uh it's just i mean i could probably use it like a thousand times better but that just gives me a very easy entry method so i i tell people usually think about the things you need to do when you're not in a place where you can write them down so you always, in reality, you have a phone in your pocket. I mean, you could use the notes app or whatever. I like things because I actually have the other employees and people that I work with in my same list. So the people that help me, and you talk about how to get more stuff done. Um, it's it's your support team. I mean, Matt, you, you have a great one. We have a great one at full scale. And it's about finding people that become intuitive. You know, um, all right. I, I can't believe it. I didn't think of this earlier for efficiency. When it comes to people working, you talk about your business growth. So the demands grow. So the number of questions and people and things demands on you personally grow. Yeah. 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 I created this thing. I call the rule of yes. And I, and I, I, I empower those around me to work with this. If you think there's a 90% chance that I'm going to say yes, just do it. And I'll deal with the 10% of the time you're wrong. I like that. And I, I'm pretty strict about them. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. Like, and you'll hear me say that enough that you'll figure it out. Cause like, there's so many things people want to just ask you, like, you want to do this? You want to do that? You want to do that? And all that's noise and chatter, distraction. It's 
taking you away from what you're need to be thinking about. So like most of those things, those rule of yes things are it's dumb little shit that, you know, you just empower those around you. Just make decisions, man. Like I, and you, and you say that if you think there's a 90% chance now where the rule of yes doesn't apply is like, can I come in three hours to work to late to work today? That's not a rule of yes thing. That's just you deciding you don't want to, that's leaning on the rule of yes in the wrong way. The rule of yes is more like, I don't know. Do you want me to buy more paper for the printer? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say yes to that every time. And what's the worst thing that's going to happen? We're going to have extra paper. Right. You know, so <clears throat> with 170 employees at this point, that's potentially 170 people that could all ask me a question. If each one of them wasted three minutes of my day, that would be my whole entire day. Right. So that's what you're trying to mitigate. That's what you're trying to slow down. Also, don't be afraid to tell people, like, especially those around you, like, there's a difference between important and there's a difference between urgent. Like, write all your questions down and ask me in one sitting, not just asking like 25 times. Yeah. Or having, you know, a weekly meeting or a daily meeting or whatever to sure to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So creating efficiency. So, uh, on a recap, what, I mean, what did you, what are your, what's your biggest pull out of this episode? I love the, uh, your rule of yes. Yeah. I think it's a great one. Um, I, I think you definitely have to, the things we talked about, like working smarter, um, and those were networking, all, finding, making sure you have your support group. This last 10 minutes was all about how was uh, this really turned into working smarter. Yeah. yeah. There it, it's a journey. You don't know everything early on and part of being an entrepreneur right is you a lot of them are have some bold idea or whatever and they're risk takers and whatever and so part of that is they you have to deal with some naysayers that say oh no this idea is not going to work so in some in some sense you become defensive over that yeah. like yep. like like matt was talking about but, um, but the- you also have to learn to like listen to others and accept advice and mentor. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. If enough of those people are telling your idea sucks, it might actually suck. Yeah. I mean, just because one person says it. But almost all of your initial friends and family are going to tell you you're crazy and it sucks. Yes. Right. Well, I did. I mean, yeah. They're being defensive though, because they don't want to, they, well. They're protective of you as well. They don't want you to fail. Yeah. But I've thought about that a lot with my kids because my daughter is like, shows the traits of being an entrepreneur like she wanted all she wanted for christmas was a lemonade stand you know like that's that's those are warning signs of entrepreneurship it's yeah. not warning signs. say warnings awesome. no i i get it but there's warning signs too but at the same time so with that like you know like there's things you are going to fail at i think you know i think well what's your what's your biggest takeaway from today what'd okay you, so so one thing i didn't get a comment on and that i really i mean all of this is fire to me i think about this stuff all the time um but you were talking about being aware that you're an a-type personality yep. okay and we talk about being authentic and being yourself and not caring that people reject you at the same time right so there's a balance in that and i think it's amazing like one of the first things First things, well, I'm still dealing with it now, is being 100% honest with myself. Yeah. It's easier for me to be honest with Matt DeCourcy than it is to be honest with Andrew Morgans. Sure. Right? And that is accepting my flaws, accepting, hey, I might be an A-type and sometimes that annoys people. And it's not that I have to change for them. I'm just going to tone it down a little bit. Right? And being humble or whatever you want to call those things, those adjustments that you make to be like, 
I don't have to be right 100% of the time, or I don't have to, you know, these are personal traits, personal characteristic traits that 100% come straight into business. And I think with me, and when I'm evaluating myself and my progress and my team and my leadership, and where am I going? And how's my personal life? How's my personal health? Um, you know, this last week, the change in the gym come came from me being honest with myself and saying, I'm making excuses, I've reprioritized this thing, this time in the gym, the problem was honestly something you taught me. I'm not blaming it on you, but I started to really value my time, yeah. right? I really started to put a dollar value on my time. And not to say the gym's not important, but I started thinking about the gym, like, oh, is the gym costing me like $600 because I'm there three hours? Like, is the gym costing like, you know, it started being like, and so I was looking at every, every hour and time really, really valuable. Um, and it just being honest with myself and like, hey, you've made some mistakes. Hey, you're like making an excuse in this area and yet don't be a hypocrite, you know. Um, but at the same time, you have to realize that we're not alive to work. Right, right. We're not. It's not all about work. It's not all about money. No, I agree. You got to enjoy life too and be happy. So. And if you focus only on one thing, the other thing will deteriorate and ultimately hold you back. Well, the, you know, you mentioned the, the gym reference. Yeah. And is this costing me 600 bucks to go to the gym? No, maybe not today but it will cost you a whole lot more when you like have a health problem 10 years from now, because all you did was stress out and you never did anything. That was for me, that was the wake up call. Actually last year I went to the doctor and I weighed 255 pounds. Now I'm taller than most people. So I can carry that around, but that was the most I'd ever weighed. And he was like, he goes, you know, you're not far away from being a diabetic. And I just never had anybody say anything to me like that. And I've never had, I've never had health issues. I'm here knocking on, but you know, I, but that really like got my attention. I was like, Whoa. You had to, you and, had to tell yourself you, you needed to change. But I had to be honest with myself too. I was like, look, you, you're just not trying, you know? So, you know, change the diet a little bit. And, and you know, the sad thing was I had a really nice gym in my house, just wasn't using it. So I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll take this, I'll take this on the, the uh, way out because we're, we're about out of time here. Um, but I think, you know, I'm going to go back to, to Watson's uh, Facebook post the other day, the five and five and think about that. And like, I just like the moment I read that, I was like, dude, true. Just so true. If, if it, if it's not going to matter in five days, five weeks, five months or five years, you might not want to spend five minutes you know, being upset about it, yep. that being upset about anything, it just like causes this toxic rainstorm in your life. It's in your body, in your mind. It's just like hard. It's like, try to do anything you can to just shed that negativity. The negativity is a fucking anchor. Like, and it's so hard to, you know, if I told you, Hey, there's a room at the end of the hallway and it's filled with people that all have airborne illnesses. And if you go in there, you're probably going to get sick. Would you guys go in that room? No, no. Right. So it's the same thing when you knowingly put yourself into situations with people that are like negative or unproductive or like maybe you just have, I don't know, we've all had a friend that you just know it's trouble. And Is that like me trying to avoid the management meeting later today? Do we have one? <laughs> I just delete them. I just delete them from my calendar and then pretend that they didn't happen. <laughs> Is that how to do it? Like, it's a oh, good way to get, it's a good way to prompt That's a good way to create some extra free time. Just delete <laughs> all the shit from your calendar. Well, this was good. This was, I, I enjoyed this episode. Uh, like I said, we kind of improv it coming in Yeah, and uh, it was good. Well, it, 
Now, if you want uh, more information about Andrew or his business, Andrew is the founder of Marknology. That's M-A-R-K-N-O-L-O-G-Y.com. I got that right, didn't I? Uh, they help people sell stuff faster on Amazon. That's about the way to put it. And you have some, um, some cool YouTube videos you've been putting out that yep. are kind of profiling your life as an Amazon brand accelerator and also helping people do better at their business. Is that on the Andrew Morgan's YouTube channel or is it Marknology? It, it's Marknology. Um, okay. You can search Andrew Morgan's or Marknology will come up. Um, dropping two videos every Tuesday. So okay. uh, subscribe. What, and were some, what were some of the last couple topics? Uh, some of the last couple topics, you know, we talk about the things not to do in advertising on Amazon. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, feedback, follow-up software, some, some practical technical things that, sure. that sellers are working with on Amazon. Um, just some of the advice I'd give brands, you know, sure. uh, in, in general and talking about, uh, what some of those things look like. You know, I got a speaking event coming up, um, in Boulder in June, which is just around the corner for me. Uh, it's for food brands. Um, so I'm, I'll be putting out some content, um, specifically around food brands on Amazon and some, some content tailored specifically to them as I'm prepping for that. Um, so that'll be fun. Uh, and, and if you, if you want to hear some other stuff, throw it in the comments and I'll, I'll put out a video for you. Sure. And, uh, for those of you that want to hear more from Andrew, this is probably your fifth or sixth time on the show, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Going to come back on the reg, uh, and, uh, force us to drop fire. I like it. This was good guys. Thank yep. you so much. Thanks everybody. See you next time.